Welcome to the Secret Stories of the Underground. I am your host, Danny Whitman, and today we got my buddy, the Wandering Stoner, stopping by. We are going to take a look at, uh, you know, his journey of comedy and all the things that he's into, see what uh, he's got coming up. But the things that I have going on, um, my band, D&D, we are doing a live show March 13th on Facebook, so he's... Go to our Facebook page at D&D Music on Facebook and uh, follow that event. It's free. No matter where you live, you can check it out. And um, I think that's all we have going on right now with COVID. There's not a whole lot going on in the world. Get your vaccination so we can get back to uh, normal and hopefully live music and entertainment will come back. So when we come back... We will be joined by my good friend, the Wandering Stoner. All right, and he's here, the Wandering Stoner. What's good in the neighborhood? Already did an intro. Oh. So don't feel like I haven't, you know, let people know who's who's here. They know. They've been told you're here. All right. So... Today we're going to take a look at the Wandering Stoner's legacy, man. A lot of good times I can't remember. Some good times? Great times. What are the bad times? Let's start off with the bad. Nobody ever talks about the bad times first. Uh, the night Johnny T offered me a fuck you up shot that did just as advertised and you almost got raped. Yes. Yeah. How I, I want to know right off, just from the way that you explain that story, how do you figure that that night was the worst for you? All right, think about it. You got a drink, and I almost got raped. I don't think there's a middle ground there where things were really that bad for you. They got really fucked up for me. Because I feel for you, Danny. I didn't almost get raped by a woman either. Just so everybody knows, it wasn't a woman. That was a big burly man. With like tweaker fangs, right? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Wasn't the kind of guy you want to take home to mom. Like some hills have eyes kind of shit. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, man, uh, like I said, my my man the stoner here, he's uh, been a stand-up comedian for how long now? At least ten years. I'm not very motivated, so it's understandable <laughs> if you don't know of me. Well, you know, maybe a few more people are here of you here, and they'll check you out. So, uh, ten years ago, what what was life like then? Yeah. Have you grown up at all? Or, I mean, you haven't since I've known you, but... <laughs> well, like ten years ago, I'd say I was more like the drunken bastard. Yeah? Yeah. I could have gave Cody a run for his money back in the day. Just for those that don't know, we have a, a friend named Cody. Who is a drunken bastard. He, he has a tad bit of an alcoholism problem. Can you honestly think of a time when you did not see him with a beer in his hand? No. We uh, neither love him or hate him for his, his problems, but they're there. They are a thing. Uh, so you were drinking, is that what kind of, like, did that ever motivate you into actually getting on stage? Uh, kind of. 
Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Thank God for alcohol, huh? A little bit. Like, I used to work at a bar. I did bar security. And, uh, oddly enough, like, uh, the bar I was working at had a comedy show one night. What and bar was, was that? Uh, it was Billy Frog's La Vista. Is this still open? Or no, no, they closed a long time ago. Okay. They became like a Mexican joint. Yeah, I remember that place actually. Alright. But uh a lot of fun in that place, but they had uh two professional comics. Like I guess one was on a uh, Clash of the Comics and the uh other guy was his opener and just I remember the guy's opener. Having a bunch of, like, Taco Bell diarrhea and raping fat chicks jokes. Oh, my material. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, this dude's getting fucking paid for this? <laughs> Dude, I'm funnier than that. And ever, uh, my first open mic I fucking bombed. It was awful, man. Was that at Barley? No. It was at Billy Frogs. So you went to the place that you worked at and you bombed? Uh-huh. At work. Yeah. Did you catch a lot of shit for this? Because if I worked there, I would have never let you down. Like, <laughs> I'd have probably been the reason why you never got on stage again. Because I'd have just been like, hey, uh, remember that one time when you came to work and you shit the bed? <laughs> uh, well, I got laughs. Mostly from my uh, drunk friends. Like, oh, okay. KP. He was there. So you had friends camp. You didn't just, like, dry run this. You, like, called some buddies and told them. I had some support. Okay, cool. And they were my only laughs. And, <laughs> uh, were they drunk at the time, or were they sober? Like, did you liquor them up before you, you had them come out to the show? No, because I was actually... It, it was one of the two shows I've ever done completely sober. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ten years and only two sober shows. We don't really run in a sober crowd. True. You know. But, uh... So, like, the server wasn't busting your balls or anything over this? No, no. Actually, the uh, promoter, at the end of the night, uh, gave me his business card, and he was like, if you ever want to try and get your hat back into this let me know and of course i lost his card and didn't like do anything for a full year you are really the worst you were i fucking lost his card i you know fuck it i just won't do it again opportunity will find me when i'm ready i love that it's ready i love that uh Totally not how it works, by the way. That's a total beginner's thought. Like, oh, is it? Yeah, oh, you know, like that's not how it works. Like, I gotta go back to the drawing boards. He he is more motivated these days than them days. Oh yeah, we're talking and early days. Here. I I kind of have a clue of how it's done now. So, like, all right, there was a year that passed. There was a year that passed, and, uh... How'd you, get, how'd you get motivated the second time? 
Were you like going and checking out local mics or anything like that, or did you know anybody within the scene that kind of like? Uh, no, I was uh, I was working for a gas station, Bucky's. Yeah, that'll help your comedy chops. You see some oh, characters. Yeah. Well, uh, I told somebody a joke at the gas station, and they're like, "That's pretty funny. Have you ever gone to an open mic?" And I'm like, "One, but it kind of sucked." They told me about the Shark Club with uh, Shoot Your Mouth, like Ben McFarland's old crew. Yeah, JC. JC, that's where I ended up meeting JC and uh, making him my comedy coach. Him and uh, Tay Malone. Have you ever met Tay? I have. Tay is a trip. Shout out to Tay if you're listening. Nothing but love. So, was, was the Shark Club, was that the second room that you did then? Yeah, that was my second stage. So, um... Or no, fuck. It was, uh... It was Louie's in, uh, Benson. Was the very first show I did with I that. don't know that place. It's Are because still... it got demolished right after I did that show almost ten years ago. Really? No, you blew the roof off of it, huh? Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. So did you get... Did you feel better the second time, or was it kind of like the first time again? Being that you waited so long to to get back out. Uh, uh, yes and no. Like, uh, the first time I did it, I went under my own name. Yeah. And the second time, the Wandering Stoner was already created. So, did, it, did having, like, the not going by your real name thing, did that kind of help you, like, feel confident in a way? Because, like kind of blocks your identity a little bit but also because i had a uh sibling that was on probation at the time yeah and i didn't want the god forbid i ever get fucking successful at this shit and fucking uh be like you can't kick it with your bro you're the wandering stoner dude we know what you're about like did uh has your family ever, like, like, is your family supportive of your comedy? Like, a lot of people in entertainment, it either goes one way or the other, like, you know, parents or whatever. Actually, They're I really... got it both ways. Yeah. Like, my mom's side is very supportive. My dad's side just kind of acknowledges it. It's not like they've ever gone to any shows. But then again, I don't think I'd ever invite them either. That, that's kind of how I feel about my family a little bit, like... My, uh, they, they acknowledge it. I don't. Feel, I don't feel true support there. Like you know, they, like you know, I've I've had family come out to shows and stuff, but it's you know I don't feel, you know, you can feel the love when somebody truly supports and digs what you're doing. Oh, you know, yeah. like especially after doing it for a while, I feel like you can search through the bullshit a little bit of the fake comments and, you know, the fake support and then the people that are true. Oh, yeah. You know, that have your back. And, you know, one thing I've, I find to be more true over time is, you know, honestly, if you're a performer, you just, you gotta be really stubborn about believing in yourself. And oh, eventually, yeah, yeah. Eventually, your fans are gonna be there to back up that affirmation, but... You know, it might be rough your first couple of years. Well, like, I don't know about, you know, how it is for you, but, like, 
it's really weird because this will knock your confidence in the dirt. Oh yeah, in certain, comedy. In, in certain points, but then at, at others, like you do build this really big self confidence in yourself because it's like you versus the fucking world, you oh, know. Yeah. And it, you're like, pe- people tell you all the time, "Well, you you can't do this. You you know, you're never going to be successful at this." It's like fuck you, you know. It, who? Do you, why do you get to say that? You know, I mean, what gives you you the right? Like when people dog on my music, you yeah. know, unless it's another musician. Like I'll take uh, um, you know a musician's point of view different than just somebody that listened to something. They're like, oh, I don't like that. Well, it's like a regular person trying to tell me jokes as opposed to a comic trying to critique me on the same joke. Yeah, most of the time, like, when another musician will come at me and be like, hey, you know what, I don't really dig this, there's still, like, a level of respect about the way that they come about it where, like, normal people feel like that they can just beat the fuck out of you. Oh, you yeah, know? they and can it's just like, be like, it was all trash. Right, and it's like, okay, well, this is my first go-to is where, how do I find your band? Right. You know, I mean, where can I find your band's music? Oh, you don't play in a band. So, you know, eat a bag of dicks, man. Like, in the music world, everybody has what they like. They have a certain genre, and that's what's beautiful about music. And it's the same thing with comedy. There's so many different styles of comedy out there, too. Oh, yeah, there's, like, dark humor. Yeah, which I fall into dark humor. You know, I'm, I'm the dark, and you're the light, you know? <laughs> Yin and yang, man. I'm here to tell the whole world we're going to die, and you try to... Make it sugar coat. Yeah, you know, you try to make it better. It's gonna be an awesome death. Like we're gonna OD on ecstasy or something. Yeah. So, who was the first comedian that you ever seen? I guess perform or like, who's your early influence that you're like, damn, that dude's funny. Oh, that's what I want to do. Like my very first comic, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't actually go see him, but I had, like, his stand-up tapes. Yeah. Yeah, I had one with, like, him, Sam Kennison, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and two other dudes. There was, like, a black guy and a dude that looked like Dan Aykroyd, kind of. But it wasn't Dan Aykroyd. And Roseanne Barr. Yeah. She doesn't get a whole lot of shout-outs for, like, male comedians, so that's cool. Yeah. I think she's a fucking legend, man. You know, I mean, I I love the TV show. Her stand-up was great, you know. She put out a couple crap movies, but, you know, who doesn't? (laughs) She also tried running for president, didn't she? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. She married Tom Arnold. He's a cool motherfucker. You know, I have nothing bad to say about Tom Arnold. He's from Iowa. You know, he's, he is? Yeah, you guys got that in common. I'd smoke with him. I don't know if he smokes anymore, man. I'd give him an edible and not say anything. Oh, yeah, by the way, I took an edible just a little bit before we filmed this. So we're, like, on a ticking time bomb here to where, you know, this could roll off the fucking rails real quick. <laughs> Good. This good. good. This is the first episode of this podcast, and it could be canceled by the end of it just because I said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Ah. Uh. But all right. Uh, so, didn't you? You had an aunt that was a comedian, right? Yeah, my uh, aunt Debbie. Uh, 
she actually entered a joke into one of Rodney Dangerfield's uh, joke contests. And she ended up winning, and she threw a big party the night before. And uh, when they came to pick her up with the limo, she was too hungover on the floor trying to like reach for the door, and they left without her. And Rodney ended up making a joke about her. Yeah, you know. He was like, I have a contest, and the winner didn't even show up. No respect. Or something like that. I don't. I'm pretty sure I was alive, but I was pretty young when this went down. So, when did your your aunt pass, right? Back when I was, like, 17. Okay. So, you that was, like, way before you got into stand-up then, right? Uh, about five. Four, four years before I got into it. Okay. So, if she was here, do you think she'd be, like, your biggest supporter then, being that she's actually, like, the only person in your family that, you know? Well, uh, yeah, she was, like, the only other comic, aside from, like, my grandpa, but he just, like, a couple of my family members. Yeah. They can know, they can hear a joke once, and they can tell you that joke for the rest of their lives. Right. Like, once they know a joke, it's... So, but your, your grandpa wasn't actually a comedian. He was just a funny dude, or did he yeah, actually he do a, comedy? He wasn't actually a comedian. He was just a funny dude. He's with just a, a lot of phrases. Like, right on. He had uh, the word sweet and sour tattooed <laughs> above his nipples. And he had the word your and name across his chest. And apparently he would, like, go into bars and bet the bartender after, like, a couple of drinks for a drink. You'd be like, I got your name tattooed on my chest, spelled out perfectly. Bet you a drink. That. I really hope that we and Cody are related. What What was your grandpa's name? Alvin Jean. Alvin? Yeah. That is fucking pimp, man. He sounds like a cool guy. He was a pretty cool guy. My fondest memory of him was his prosthetic leg. He had a prosthetic? My dad has a prosthetic. Yeah. They could erase. over by a semi. Oh, that's right. Okay, retell that story. Oh. Uh, I guess he was doing a brake job and the emergency brake went out while he was under the truck and it rolled over his legs. And uh, he got one leg amputated and was stubborn about the other one. And, uh... <laughs> They both got ran over? Yeah, both his legs got ran over. So, like, okay, what... Wh- like, the semi-emergency uh, brake went out while he was under it, like, doing something, oil right. change. And, uh... So, what happened, like, did the one leg get, like, cut off at the scene, and that's why he lost it then, and he just wouldn't do... Or He wanted to keep the other one for some reason. I would understand. He was probably pretty attached to it. (laughs) I mean, to give you a little context, I think I was either like three or four when he passed. Oh, okay. So, once again. That's why I say my fondest memory is of his prosthetic. I I, uh, I have a grandpa that passed when I was really young, so I don't remember much of him. I remember his little bachelor pad apartment that he had in Flint, Michigan. (laughs) Oh, no shit? Was it dope? 
it was funny, dude. It it looked like the seventies in there. It looked, you know, you walked in and all the furniture was like it was in like nineteen seventy in there. The funny thing about it is, is him and my grandma got divorced, and they ended up living like four apartments down from each other in this fucking apartment complex for, for like ever. You know, like twenty years after. You know that is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes, even though you get divorced, you don't end up living that far from each other. You know, kids just go down the hall to visit one other, the other parent. Yeah, maybe they did that out of convenience for your folks. You know, I doubt it. I I, I just think that that's how the dice rolled. My grandpa was a heavy drinker. You know, like fun kind of guy, but. Uh, at least I think I would have had fun with him. My mom had some traumatic times growing up that, you know, she cries about, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all, you know, uh, your parents split up when you were young, right? Like, they split how... up before I was born. Really? Yeah. I was, I was like 10 when my parents got divorced. No, I was nine, ten, somewhere in that age range. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do do you wish your parents would have stayed together? Like, do you think your life would have been any any different if your parents would have been together? Or do you think they'd have just been a train wreck together? Like, there's parts of me that wish it, my parents would have stayed together when I was younger. But now that I'm older, I have like a different perspective on it because you know, like I'm an adult and I see things through an, oh. an adult way. You know, and it's like, eh, maybe you guys. <laughs> Well, they both taught me a lot, you know, like, growing up, I learned that just because you had a kid with somebody doesn't mean you gotta marry him. Yeah. That was a living case of example of that. So, but, uh, are you the only kid, then, between your mom and your dad, then? Yeah. Okay. All my other siblings are half. Alright, yeah, because I know that you got, you know, siblings, so... <coughs> So are you like the odd duck out then, or is it like even numbers? Uh, on my mom's side, I'm usually the good one. Like I wasn't really a problem child, but when uh, but I was also the youngest. <coughs> and then yeah. with my dad, I was also the oldest and kind of a problem child. That's where that joke comes in. Well, right? The old, the, the, your 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 joke that you had. Oh. You're the, you're the oldest on your dad's side, and like. And the youngest on my mom's side, but on either side, I'm still the shortest. Yeah. See, I've seen your act so many times. I could be like the Wandering Stoner tribute band. Yeah, you, know, I could you just could. go up and do your act, fucking. <laughs> I could I could dress up like you, fucking. I could just do like the. Your eyes are way too open. <laughs> you gotta close that shit a little bit. You gotta out. You gotta run off sonar, man. So uh, last year, blue, twenty twenty, probably the worst year of your life, right? Uh, it it all comes down to that moment when I left uh, your place and I was about to leave CB. And, like, at the stroke of midnight, right on the interstate exit, my car decides to die. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, 
this, this is how, shitty. This is how we're going to do this, huh? But at least I'm knocking out all my bad luck early. <laughs> uh, 2020. You fucking bitch. So, what's like one thing within, you know, the entertainment business that you take away for, you know, being a positive in 2020? If you had to think of anything. Like, what was the one thing that you think well, I think, made the year not suck so bad. I think wearing a mask <laughs> because it made me like twenty percent sexier. Yeah, gave me that little bit of mystery. But other than that, like, ah, psh. do people even check people out anymore? Like, is that a thing? I don't go out in public enough anymore. <sighs> but like, with everybody wearing a mask, you'd be like, oh, that could be a dumpster fire under there. You know, I ain't, fucking, I ain't taking that game. I wonder if anybody's ever went on like a blind date during this pandemic and uh, they get to the part of the unmasking and they're like, no, put it back on. Holy shit. <laughs> Is that broccoli in your teeth? Oh, man. I fucking hope so. Oh, man. I just... Yeah. Uh, have you dated at all? During the pandemic? I've tried. Or just not giving it up? <laughs> just, I don't know. I'm picky. You know, yeah. I want somebody that's just a pothead. You can't, it's probably hard to try to, like, date people right now because, like, you don't know what these fuckers are doing on the side. Like, you know, you don't want to go on a date with a chick that just got a train ran on her the night before and you're kissing her and she just sucked off ten guys the night before. She probably had COVID. You know, you don't want COVID. If we're lucky. <laughs> Is that a new Broken Skulls mug? No, that's my band. Oh, D&D. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Yeah. Mix up the band. Who's the dude with the mohawk? That's James. Is that a drummer? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've met him yet. Or have I? I'm sure you have. Been around for a while. I like it. Is it merch or is this just a... Just something Chrissy got me for Christmas. But yeah. It's pretty dope. I like it. Yeah, nothing better than starting a morning coffee off with your band. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what do you see with the future here? What's uh, what's the future plans? Uh, I want to work on becoming a regional act, so, you know, I'm going to start taking the weekends off whenever it's safe to tour. Start planning out shows. No mas cerveza. You want something to drink? Yeah. What do you... Grab whatever you want, man. So you're going regional. That's the goal. Try and work around the area. Do like Richard Pryor approach. Put in the leg work. Yeah. You have short legs. We better get to work. 
Do you think... You, I try not to. It gives me a headache. Do you think... there? There's like this thing in comedy where they say, like, you can be fat, like, fat people are funnier. You know, do you believe in any of that? Like... Do you think you're funnier because you're short? <laughs> I wish it worked like that. That would be great. People that are listening to this are probably wondering now, like, how fucking short is he, man? Like, I'm king of the leprechauns. <laughs> like, how how goddamn short is he? Fucking just called him short. He's got to be really tiny. <laughs> He's 211, folks, okay? I'm Jeff sessions tall chill out don't fall off the phone books over there okay i'm gonna go back into my tree house here shortly uh with all the other elves do you, do you buy into any of that or is it, i just think funny's funny man yeah. uh i think you got it or you don't i think i think it might have worked in some people's favor like chris farley i think you know I don't. I don't think Farley would have been as funny if he was skinny, because a lot of his humor just fell on being a bigger dude. Uh, Ralphie May. I don't think Ralphie May would have been like. I think he would have been funny as a skinny guy, but you know, it's hard to say I what think, his material would have been like without all the fat jokes. But I think part of it is just knowing what you're working with, you know. Yeah. And nothing like a little humbling humor. I think that's a big thing with comedy, man, is you gotta make fun of... You gotta be willing to make fun of yourself if you're gonna take shots anywhere else, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, you, you can't rip on race and uh, sexual orientation, you know, and shit like that without uh, taking a shot at your life, you know I mean? Yeah. It only makes it fair. Commercial break. Yeah, man, we'll take a break real quick. Uh, when we come back, we'll... Uh, We're going to have a word with our writers. Yeah, try to get some better shit right up here. Yeah. Road up here. I don't speak well. We'll be right back. And we're back. It's good to be back. We're back. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Uh, This is the Wandering Stoner, allegedly. Allegedly. My new favorite word. We use that word so lawsuits don't happen. Mm-hmm. I led. Yeah. So, do you remember your first joke that got laughs from your friends? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> Hard pass on that one? There's just... There's been so many. What What's the first joke that you remember writing that you still... Like, what's the oldest joke, I guess, that is in your, your bits? Probably the Jack and Jill. Oh, really? Huh. So, like, how long into comedy did it take you to write that? Uh, I don't know, about a year. Right on. Although, I originally used it as, like, an opener instead of the one-liners. 
How do you open with that? Not very easily. <laughs> That's why it's not an opener anymore. It, I don't know. All the jokes kind of evolve once they're written down. So what? What's your like? Uh, what's your suggestion? I guess to people that are writing and thinking about getting on a stage, like, how do you actually go about it? And how do you? I guess what? What would be your suggestion to finding that rhythm? You know. Uh, well, I honestly I think it takes a person like six months of like hitting the shows pretty actively yeah to really know their own humor and then uh what i'd recommend or my formula is you know open with something quick and snappy to catch the audience's attention hammer out your few laughs and then go into your more uh story building sets and then finish strong have a very solid close to wrap it up with and another note don't be high out of your mind like me when you're performing i know i make it look easy do you ever get up there like now and be like oh fuck i fucked up i'm too high no i i always laugh at myself like there's been times that I'll even call myself out. I'll be like, I fucked that joke up. I'm just moving on. But, uh... I think one of the main goals that'll help you is uh, just make sure you're having fun. I don't think you can go wrong if you're having fun while you're doing it. Yeah. Unless you're racist. Don't, Don't have racist fun on stage. Somebody's going to beat your ass. Allegedly. Race humor isn't selling anymore, I'll tell you that. No, it's probably been pretty dead since at least the 90s. Or, you know, I wouldn't say since the 90s. I mean, honestly, people got woke about six months ago. (laughs) Oh. I mean, really, up up until a year ago, you could say some fucked up shit still. I mean, not that it was okay, but, you know. Oh, shit. You could get a, away with a lot more until the cops started killing black kids, I'll tell you that. Yeah. That's when the shit went out the window. Well, that, and I feel like it's just cheap, cheap comedy, like. It's not even worth going for. I, I don't feel like it's cheap comedy. I feel like it's it depends on how you do it, man. Because to me, race comedy is also like the old, one of the oldest forms of comedy. It's the fucking Pollock joke. It's the fucking... It's this and that. The thing back in the day was, you know... I don't think people got so butthurt about it. You know, there is like... Um, People get so fucking butthurt these days, dude. You know, like... I don't think, uh... I, there's certain jokes, you know, like, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're dropping the end bomb or whatever... If you're pulling a Kramer. That's not, you know... It's not cool. No, but you know what, to fucking... 
have an Irish joke, you know, about, you know, the, the Irish people, you know, fucking, or, you know, Polish people, whatever. Them are the oldest forms of comedy, you know, I mean, fucking, that goes back to jokes that your great-grandpa was telling my great-grandpa, you know, I mean, fucking, it, there's gotta be a level of class to it, though, you know, I mean, you can't just go and, like you said, pull a Kramer, that's when you... You know, that's when Jerry Seinfeld gets mad at you. <laughs> right? Oh, man. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall just to hear what Jerry Seinfeld had to say in, like, private setting about that shit. Like, not cool. Not fucking cool. No, not at all. Have you ever seen, like, uh, anybody use race humor and it backfire in their face? Like, just terribly. My dogs are going crazy out there for anybody that is wondering if somebody's breaking into my house. Does Rashad count? You can be a black racist comic all day. Racism, you know, just because you're black doesn't mean you can't be racist. You know? But why? I mean, you got you can't just throw out a name and not have a follow-up to what... what, what oh. I mean, what's the backstory there? Well... Like, he took that uh, old racist joke, uh, like, why do black people only have nightmares? Like, he stole that joke, ran with it, but he fucked it up. Why do, I'm trying to think, why do black people only have nightmares? Oh, yeah, okay, the Martin Luther King thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that joke. Uh... I'm pretty sure it was that joke. Like, I don't think you were there that night. It was like me, him, and Cody up north. In North Omaha? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if you're gonna. You can get away with that shit if you're black in North Omaha. Yeah. But, uh. I don't know. I lost. A little bit of respect for him that night because that was a real original joke. Yeah. And uh, like, fuck! If you're if you're finding stage time, why aren't you using some of your own shit or more of your own shit? Like, you gotta advertise a little bit of who you are. That's how people find you likable. I don't know. That would be my critique. I think a lot of the, you know, like, people like him don't have the personality to sell themselves, you know, I mean. Or drive. Or physically Yeah, drive. I mean, we could dissect him all day long on why he sucks at life. But, you know, uh, realistically, I'll just stick with he doesn't have the personality to actually push himself and fucking, you know, get himself out there, you know, and not having a car, that doesn't help, you know, it's hard to get yourself out there when you can't get, get your, out there, get out there, yeah, you know, it's rough, but, I wish him well, and I hope he does find a path to success someday, hopefully, it, it'll probably be after he gets a car, there, <laughs> You know, the path to success is really long when you have to walk it. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, hopefully he's got a good phone. He can get on that Uber app or something. At least get a ride. Right. <laughs> that would totally be the way that he he would hit the path to success. Actually, you know, just Uber riding it up, <laughs> or he'd have what's her name driving him around. <coughs> well, what's her name? <coughs> the old, the, the, the <coughs> older. Uh, Comedian he hangs out with. Is it Carmella? Or? Maybe. I haven't been on the scene pretty much all year. So, what is your uh, thinking of like open mics, man? Like, how many times a week should you go, or do you think open mics are a waste of fucking time? Uh, if you're starting out and you're trying to get your chops up, try and do at least three a week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, give yourself a goal of writing three jokes a day. Do you think people that go to the open mics go to open mics to see people be really funny? Or do you think that the people that go to open mics are more open to seeing somebody maybe not do so hot, but still... I think you get all types. You got those people that just want to see somebody bomb and be hecklers and be involved with it. You also have uh, people that just kind of been working all week and want a good laugh. Have you uh, been heckled at an open mic? A few times. What's like, what was your worst experience? I can think of a heckler experience that sucked with you. That one lady that just got out of jail? No. What lady are you talking about? Up at Dr. Jack's. The lady that just got out of jail. Yeah, she was really loud and belligerent. No, I was going to say at Pirate Fest when the fucking oh. the Trump supporter... Uh, lost his shit at your fucking left-handed joke. Your left-handed joke. That's how butthurt that dude was. Said oh yeah, left hand. He heard left and was like, "Oh fuck the law." He immediately took it to politics. Is that? It was not a good year to be left-handed. You know, right? people were getting hurt. <laughs> oh god, that guy didn't even notice the fuck. Trump sticker. On That's the my band drummer. That's my drummer now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I know that dude. He's That's our totally drum set. Cool. That's our drum set now. Nice. Yeah, I like that guy. Yeah. I think See? I complimented him on this sticker. Small that world, night. man. Small world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I do kind of regret being as high as I was because I should have totally been like, "Fuck you, dude." wasn't even politic-oriented, but now it's going to be. Here's all my Trump jokes. Go fuck yourself. Do you, what? What's a negative and what's a positive that Trump brought to comedy? I didn't really have to work that hard for material. That's what I was going to say is, you know, I think the shit pretty much writes itself. It just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. Trump, you're making it too easy. It's no... Well, here's the thing with, like, my my opinion anyway is um, 
The joke's super easy to write. The dude, extremely easy to fucking make fun of. His family, I mean, it's just like a whole circus of fucked up people that you can make fun of. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing is his supporters are so goddamn irrational that they can't hear a joke without, like, you know, we're talking about the dude at Pirate Fest. Losing his fucking mind. You know, I mean, that wasn't even a, a joke about Trump. But he took it into a political level, you know, and fucking... Oh, yeah, he just ran with it. Everything and else. Like, and, you know, it's like, as a comedian, like, is it even worth telling the goddamn joke? Because people are going to lose their fucking shit like that. You know, I mean... Well, like, uh... A couple of days ago, I was playing with uh, some Xbox guys. Yeah. Just playing one of my games. And uh, two of them, like, I just met them that day, so... And they seemed cool enough at first. But uh, I ended up taking my friend request away from them and actually blocking them. And they were, uh, they were talking about how, like, Biden had a earpiece and was being fed everything in the debates and this was just like last week yeah and um and they were like the first woman president's gonna like happen in a month when biden dies or some shit like that. oh i've been saying that for a while i mean come on man the the, the dude isn't built for fucking longevity here you know uh, i mean i'm glad that he's he's uh our next president but I, I don't think he's built for built for speed you know no no <laughs> We should be nice to the grandpa president. I mean, shit, Trump was a grandpa president, but he was like an angry grandpa president. He was like the the grandpa that hugged you too much, you know, a little too hard. Fucking made it creepy. But, uh, I told him my uh, one bit about Trump, and they didn't say a fucking word after that. Did they laugh? No, they got butthurt. Oh, see. And that's what I'm talking about, man. It's like a dangerous fucking... It's like, you know, is it even worth telling joke? You know, like in a comedy setting. I mean, if I'm fucking around with somebody on a fucking Maybe PlayStation... Maybe a security detail. Xbox, whatever. But, you know, I mean... it. What's sad about that, man, is, you know... Nobody should be off of the fucking target. There's never been a president that you couldn't you know, bust balls about, you know, with, you know, I mean. No matter who it is, uh, the job's just so high up there that you're bound to be scrutinized for this, that, or what the fuck ever. Oh, definitely. I just, I feel like Trump honestly earned most of it. He also told, uh, I think, like, the quote, quoted number of lies, according to like MSNBC or whoever the Pinocchio counter was, uh, was like thirty-five thousand lies since he'd been in office. I thought that was today. <laughs> I want to blame you. It's kind of felt like that every day. Yeah, I mean. Can- can you believe that last year fucking NASA announced or released documents 
showing a UFO? Yeah, well... Like, we got told that E.T. was out there and nobody gave a fuck. I think that's because people have known this for so long, dude. You know, I mean, we the government has tried to deny this shit. And you know what I think it is, honestly, man? What? I think it's technology. I think that's where the government lost the battle on this shit. Is because back in the day, you know, you had people that caught sightings and everything else. But look at they always could, they always had an explanation. They always could trigger it back to, oh, you know, a camera malfunction, something like that. Nowadays, there's a fucking camera on everything. There's people own security cameras. You, you know, I mean, catch all different angles of shit. And I think that's where the government has lost the battle on being able to deny this shit is over time uh, you know us as people for a long time have believed that they've been covering this up but now we actually have things in our own hands you know there's YouTube videos or stuff like this that you know it's out there the evidence is out there you know whether or not the governments actually came and said hey you know there's UFOs there's enough well yeah but I'm just saying up until you know We've known for a long time that there's been UFOs. You know, I mean, this isn't anything new, but the government telling us. Now, here's the other thing, though. Other governments have told people this for years. This is us. This is our government that has just recently done this. They can't remember, I think it was Europe or whatever, or maybe Australia or whatever, one of them. I got some videos to look up tonight. They haven't denied UFOs for, like, ten years. You know, they've pretty much admitted to it. It's just here in America. Oh, yeah. I think here in America, man, you know, they want you to feel safe. That's what's scary about a lot of this, man, is... it. I always do question what the government... Uh... He's hiding from Yeah, us. man. I mean, like, think about when COVID broke out. Trump's thing was, I didn't tell people, you know, I didn't, the... I didn't want to scare people. Now, I, I, I agree that, you know, it's probably not a good idea to create a mass panic across the country. You know, like, I get that thinking. But it does it make you... F- it would have been funny, though, to see, like, a video of Trump just... Like, making a... Everybody's gonna die! Just losing his shit. That was probably his original speech, and the speechwriter was like, dude, well, we gotta tone this the fuck back a little bit, alright, buddy? You're gonna have people freaking. You know, we don't want people to storm the White House or anything. Right? God forbid. Oh, the comedy gold that's going to come out of that shit, man. Uh, let's let's dissect into that for a second. Well, remember... Uh, Who was your favorite trader that they caught on camera? <laughs> I I think mine was either the man bear pig or the, the Jake Gardner looking motherfucker that stole the podium. Uh, I gotta say my favorite rioter was probably those guys that were going through the desks. And they got to Ted Cruz's, and they were like, he was going to object to this. He was going to sell us out all along. Wait, object? Oh, cool. 
dumb fucks. Good God. Uh, let's, that let's, should be a board game. We should also give a shout out to that uh, Pennsylvania chick that stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop and was going to try and sell it to the Russians intelligence agencies. Good God. Why? Like, what is their fucking thinking, man? You know, these are the same people that, mind you, can't take a joke. You know, we're just pointing that out, but... Or freak the fuck out as soon as I get into my left-handed bit. You know. We're just traitors, man. Traitors. Now, I'm not gonna go after all of them. Like, I do think there is a difference between, like, your traditional Republicans and Trumpers. Like, those are two different entities. I, I believe the same thing with Democrats. I think there's two different t- styles of Democrats. You have your extreme liberals who, uh, in my opinion, are a bunch of crybaby fuck tards. <laughs> okay, and keep in mind, I'm a Democrat. Yeah, I, I, I'm a Democrat, and I think that the the liberal liberal side of the Democratic Party is definitely what is part of our cancel culture and all this. Perfect example of where we've gone too far as a society with cancel cancel culture. I just read an article today about they're they're protesting or somebody's protesting to have Trumps. Image taken out of the Home Alone movie to digitally remaster it so he's no longer in the Home Alone movie. Here's my thing. You crybaby fucktard, suck it the fuck up. Okay, you know what? How is that even relevant? Is that exactly. really going to ruin the movie for you? Exactly. But see, this I is mean, this is a cancel... Like added anything to the flick. This but... is the cancel culture uh, shit, though. But this is where... Uh, I can't... What's her name, dude? She did the uh, Buffy the Vampire movie back Sarah in Sarah Michelle Gellar? No, in the 90s. actual movie. Um, Christy Swanson? Or... I don't remember the original. She Buffy was a name, smoking hot chick in the 80s, man. She did a cu- couple of good movies. But now since this has come out just today, she wants to actually be removed from some of her films. <laughs> But see, this is where it goes too far. Is okay, now people are protesting that Trump be removed out of a movie, so now you have an actress who didn't like some of the movies that she did and wants to be removed out of her movies. Where the fuck does this lead us in the goddamn future of entertainment? Like, are we just going to be watching movies and be like, hey, uh, Rod- Rodney that? Dangerfield was in this, but oh, I didn't see him. They must have taken him out. Fucking... You know, I mean... It was two minutes with Robert Downey Jr. What the fuck happened to go, uh, going to school? You know, I mean, I where the fuck... Well, Get but, over it, man. Do I like Trump? No, but am I gonna stop watching Home Alone because fucking he... He's in it for like ten seconds? Yeah. If that... Isn't he no, also in the Little I, Rascals movie, too? Wasn't he in that? I could have swore he played What's-His-Name's Dad. Oh. Google. Google what what movies has Donald Trump done? Fucking. Oh, I gotta get on the computer for this. 
I could have swore, but you know, I mean, we got to give our producers a little shit for not having content ready. This is where, you know, like I'm saying, people are killing comedy, or they're they're killing entertainment in general. Like this isn't even a comedy thing. This is a group of people that are outraged because somebody's in the movie. And keep in mind, like I said, I don't support him. You don't support him. But it's like, come on, get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, like, that is... Like, I'm not gonna give two fucks whether or not Donald Trump's in the movie. He didn't really add anything to the plot. Like... No. All he did was, like, what? He just touched Macaulay Culkin, right? A little bit. He just diddled him for a second and went on his way. It was no big deal. Yeah. Oh, alright. I gotta stop recording on my end. Alright, hang on. We gotta find out Donald... Trump film career. <laughs> oh, good God, dude. I'm probably going to get some crazy kinky shit that pops up here. All right. So, he does get a credit in Home Alone 2, The Little Rascals, Two Weeks Notice, Studio 54, Get Me Roger Stone, the associate with Whoopi Goldberg. Really? She fucking hates his guts. I'd like to. When did that come out? 96. I mean, that was a long time ago. But I don't. Maybe that's where she got her hatred of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, man. I mean. And then just a bunch of um, bad documentaries about himself, basically. You know they're going to make movies about his presidency, and... We should direct it, though. We should should make a movie about Trump's presidency. I'm down. I'm down for that. We just got to get somebody orange enough to play him. Can we afford a trip to Florida? I don't know. Alright, let's get some spray tan cans. We definitely can't uh, afford Mar-a-Lago, I'll tell you that. Apparently Trump can't either. Oh, I'm sure. It's going to be really hard over the next couple of years to be able to sustain his wealth. Well, that and uh, where you stand, Mar-a-Lago, that's supposed to be like a business residence, not a private residence. Yeah. You can only stay there like seven days in like so many weeks before you got to go somewhere else. Isn't that like a bitch to own something and they'd be like, hey, you got to get the fuck out of here. You know, you can't be here. Well, basically like his neighbors are like, uh, they don't want him there. And part of the contract to Mar-a-Lago is that it stay like a business and not a residence. So him moving in there is a breach of contract. So basically the people that live there... Don't want him there. They get the peace of mind of knowing that he can't permanently be their neighbor. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's good. Give it two weeks he's in Russia. Uh, Either that or... I don't know. It's hard to say, man. There's a couple of moves that he can make here, realistically. I don't see him going to Russia. I don't see him leaving the country. 
But the thing of it is, he's definitely got to go back and he's got to live somewhere. Now, here's the thing. Can't be New York. New York definitely don't want his fucking ass. Oh, they closed all business ties with him up in New York. Florida? Yeah, he might be able to live in Florida peacefully. He but... got a lot of voters and there was a support. Uh... <sighs> Or a lot of cheers as he came in from Marine One today. I I think that, you know, realistically, you'd have to be like Florida or go hide out somewhere in Hollywood, you know, and just not be seen anywhere, you know. But I don't think that he can... There's not a whole lot of places that he can live and, I think, not catch shit on the daily... He could live in Nebraska and probably do all right. I'm trying to think of places, though, that realistically he would want to live. I don't think there was a big sell on, hey, uh, Mr. Trump, would you like to move to Omaha? You know, I don't think he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, back my shit, we're going tomorrow. No. He'd be like, it fucking rains, snows, has weather. Chicks, does that? Chicks are fat. <laughs> Oh my god. I too many jokes. God damn you, Trump. There are too yep. many jokes. That was our president. Oh man. I'm just glad that fucking nightmare is over. Yeah. Like I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and just be like, alright. Who's the president? Oh thank God. So alright, man. Uh, before we go, like you said, you want to move into being a regional act? Yeah. So, uh, when you get the vaccination, how long do you think it's going to be until you get out? Uh, are you I'm still going to tiptoe around for a minute after, or are you, you going balls out the second you get it? I'm going balls out. I've... I've got, like, almost a year of quarantine's worth of material. Isn't that crazy, dude, to think about we're almost on a year of living like this, man. You know, it's almost been our life for a year, fucking... Yeah, come March, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be be here before you know it. I mean, like, you know, it's... I don't know, man, like, looking at it, I kind of feel like this is how people, like, view jail. Like... (laughs) They're like you're doing ten months or a year, and you're like getting close to the end of your sentence, and you're like, "Fuck, man!" Like, I just lost a year of my life. Yeah. Right though. I mean, I don't know. You got a crackhead cousin we could talk to. Ask him what jail feels like getting out of. What does getting your freedom feel like? Do you know what to do with it? But yeah, man, I hope that we can get this vaccination and uh, get back on the road. Yeah. Fucking. Cause, I'm um, hoping we get, an, get control over it because it sounds like the shit's mutating. No. Good. I mean, you know, we're all going to die. Hopefully we get vaccinated. We're all going to die. That's it. And it doesn't cause a zombie apocalypse. See, the good thing is, is, like, you know, 
when Joe Biden can't remember to let us all know that we're going to die because he spaced it, you know, <laughs> I won't be as angry at him as I was Trump for just not telling us, you know, because I'll be like, hey, he wanted to tell us dementia is a bitch. <laughs> uh, well, that and like, fuck. I don't know how he has supporters like it. It honestly blows me away because, like, if you're one of his supporters, you really did not give a fuck about your safety at all during this pandemic. He only cared about himself. And, like... No, it is insanely uh, selfish when you look at that there's people like us who, you know, work to try to do what we do get our name out there, you know, we bust our ass doing all that. Yeah, we take a break. You know, we're not loaded by any means, you know, we're not, you know, any of that, but we'll we'll, t- we'll put things on pause for the health and the safety of other people and try to not be a, a negative here. And then you got people like him who, you know, rich, powerful, really at the end of the day, not feeling the effects of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, can't do the same. You know, that's fucking... That is what's wrong with this pandemic. That's what's holding us back, I think, from being able to be done with this. Fucking, I think this would have been over a long time ago, man, if we could have actually handled it the right way. If we had some good leadership and... And I could be wrong on that, man. More I mean, hands-on. You know, the thing of it is, maybe maybe we weren't going to beat this uh, without the vaccination. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm just saying that maybe if we could actually, you know, got ahead of the curve like, you know, they were talking about, and people were taking that a little bit more serious, then, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we could have beat this fucking eight months ago, you know? hard to say i guess we'll never know but i i think like i gotta blame trump oh i I know a lot of people are gonna be like well trump trump is the only president to ever face something like this no he's not and for one no he's not that is total total bullshit uh trump might be the only one to face this strain of covid of covid but He's not the only one to ever face a pandemic. He's not the only one to... Yeah, exactly. We had a pandemic response force before Trump. And... We used to know how to somewhat handle this shit. Yeah. Like, I think if we still had that, we could have, like, probably kept this shit contained or, like, it wouldn't have been as severe over here if we had still... the pandemic response force but trump had to get rid of that for what the fuck ever i don't know to build his wall no i think it's because a black guy put it together is that is that what happened wasn't that done by obama probably obama i, I don't pandemic know pandemic response force. i gotta look into that somebody trump? told me that obama did something with that and i think that that's why trump was a little butthurt I fucking butter, Trump. Trump went after a lot of shit that Obama put into place. Very petty. Uh, speaking of petty, it was like 
one Tom. of four presidents to not like be part of the transition or the inaugural. Yeah, and I think like two others weren't there because they got their heads blown off. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, the other two were assassinated. They would have been there, but uh, they they were they got uninvited. <laughs> They left the mortal coil. That would have been fucked up if Trump would have been like, oh my God, I'd rather be like Lincoln than go to fucking Biden's inauguration. Uh, rather JFK myself. <laughs> little dead presidential humor for you. I am a little sad because politics are not going to be as entertaining anymore, but... I am not sad about bit man politics need to go back to being boring and fucking just for old people okay? yeah that's that's entertainment for old people that that's what it needs to be we need to stay focused on the main shit and uh just let them boring old people fucking argue it out well, i think i'm gonna stay ever vigilant i want to be informed on policy and what's going on well, now you got Sleepy Joe behind the wheel, so you know you better pay attention. <laughs> I might fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. you know you don't want Sleepy Joe passing out behind the wheel, killing the whole family. You know that'll ruin the fucking vacation real quick. Oh lord. But uh, yeah, man, I think we're gonna call it. I'm sure my bud, the Stone Man, will be on this show a couple of times when it gets to the point where I'm like podcasting with people I don't really know. Probably like, vaccinated. Well, well, no, because I'm going to do it, like, over the phone type shit. So, like, when I do that, you know, I'm sure maybe I'll have you co-host when you can. Shit like that. I'm going to try to have some comedians from uh, all over the place on here eventually. Different musicians and shit. So, uh, whenever you're available, I don't know, be my co-host. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, you know, I figured you were. <laughs> Fucking. All right. So, uh, this is uh, episode one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. My guest, the Wandering Stoner. My best bud. You got anything to say, bud? Before we go? Check out the show. Show your support to your local artists. And us, even if we're not local to you. Global, bitches. Global. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, be safe out there. Wear a mask. Um, over a condom. Yes. Always. Masks over condoms. Yeah. And, uh... I think Stephen Colbert said 2021 is the year of the shanty. A mask will save a, con- or a a mask will save a life. A condom will end one. Yeah, think think of it like that. A mask will save a life. A condom will end one. Yeah. And with that, I think it's been a show. I concur. All right. I hope I'm in season four. Of this, it's season four now. Of this podcast or your podcast? Of my podcast. I was going to say, this is just episode one, dude. If we're in season four, I fucked something up. I have not put out much content lately. 
I'm on season four on my other podcast, which, hey, you should check that out, the Danny Whitman podcast, and also, yeah, check out the Wandering Stoner podcast. Because we're all about shameless plugs. We're all about podcasting. We love that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good one. Stay oh. uh, stay cool. What? You also, to say? give your local drunken bastard a beer. Yeah. He might be sobering up. And that can't happen. We support alcoholism. Later.